Welcome to Preparing HR for Tomorrow audio series, where we discuss hot topics to help you solve HR challenges. And I'm your host today, Diane Uden. I'm in our HR transformation practice. I help organizations focus on modernizing HR to fit today's business and workforce needs and challenges, including the use of technology. And with me today, I have Claudio Valera. Claudio, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure thing. Thanks, Dan. And thanks for having me. This is great. I really appreciate the opportunity. Always good to be with you, even if it's virtual. A little bit about myself. I am based in Boston. I do have the pleasure of actually leading PwC's global workday practice. I have been in the workday ecosystem for about 12 years. But in addition to that, I've also spent the last 20 plus years really helping clients work on technology enabled HR transformations. So really appreciate the opportunity to be on the phone and to uh, have a great discussion. It is a great topic for sure for many organizations. So maybe let's just do a quick fun fact just to kind of get everyone knowing you just a little bit better as well. So one of the things I find, Claudio, is in our business, we travel a lot. So are there some places you really love to travel and why? Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, we do spend a lot of time on a plane, but I will say international travel for me is a passion. I enjoy it. COVID was a little bit of a wrinkle on that, but as of late, I've had the pleasure of actually just five weeks ago being in Stockholm for Workday Rising Europe. And last week was actually in India working with our Bangalore team, which was amazing. So I do love international travel, just seeing different cultures, meeting great people. It's just a passion of mine. Well, I would agree with you. I love to travel internationally as well. Japan is one place I have found to be just a fascinating culture. I love it that people are so friendly. So I would go back anytime I had the opportunity. Yeah, no, right, that's well, on my bucket list. It's great on your bucket list. Great, great. All right. Well, let's jump into this topic because I do find it a fascinating one. I look at over the last decade, Claudio, that many organizations have moved HR to the cloud. And I think that they've done this with some great aspirations. So maybe let's just talk a little bit about what are those key benefits for those organizations that have moved to the cloud? What have they experienced? Yeah, I think, I mean, everyone's looking at this as a real big opportunity and love that, right? It's not just about a technology shift. It's actually what you're trying to achieve as a business and more importantly, what you're trying to achieve for your employees and your people. I think there's probably three key areas. Uh, one is an elevated employee experience, right? A lot of organizations today have technology that might not be giving their employees either the right experience or for that matter, empowering them to do things that they traditionally want to be able to do. And in their personal lives, I mean, we've all sort of had the, uh, the benefit of working with consumer applications, for example, that are very user friendly and do empower you to be able to buy something the second you want it and get it delivered 24 hours later. But those types of expectations are carrying forward, I think, into the workplace and the cloud applications system. The second area, I think, is agility. These systems that a lot of organizations have today are typically pretty highly customized. They carry with them a significant amount of sort of weight. So as their business and their needs change and the expectations of their employees change, it's really difficult to really be agile and move your system to meet those needs and those expectations. Cloud systems really provide a ton of agility. And I think that's very powerful for organizations, especially at the pace of change that we're seeing today, right? In our economy and in the business. And as a result, how do you keep up with that pace of change? And agile systems is absolutely one of them. And then I'd say the third is simplification. It sort of does dovetail a bit with that second item, but simplification is about taking a very, let's say, 25-year-old, highly customized PeopleSoft system, simplifying your architecture, figuring out how to work with third-party systems in a much more real-time, coherent fashion. And all of that drives just a simplified 
overall architecture and operational model that'll allow you to continue to once again advance your capabilities and really provide your employees with that front door of HR, right? In a really nice, cohesive experience and in a great fashion. But I think those three areas, Diana, are really the ones that I would probably key in on. I agree with you that that consumer grade experience, you know, people, they want to work the way they live. And you're right, simplification. But it just seemed to me that organizations struggle a little bit with getting there. A lot of times you hear about a lift and shift versus that transformation that they're looking for. So continuous improvement becomes a big part of the conversation. So as you think about that, what keeps companies, if that's the magic that we're looking for, what keeps them from actually achieving that magic? It's a great point because I sort of almost view sometimes lift and shift is considered a four-letter word. And I don't disagree with that because these investments are substantial, not only in dollars, but just in energy and time and really getting your organization to move to the cloud. But with that, it really does become this opportunity or this continuous innovation opportunity. And I always say sometimes that when you go live, it almost becomes the beginning of your journey. Getting live is a ton of time and effort, and it's a great reason to celebrate. But the cloud applications allow you to continue to evolve and mature and innovate as they continue to innovate and drive more capabilities to the market. So those organizations that have embraced that and really view this sort of as a continuous innovation opportunity and have structured themselves in a way to do so, I think are the ones that are getting the most value from these solutions. If you go in and you get yourself live and then you start to get a little too status quo or comfortable, What ends up happening is, yes, you get value from the solution. And let's be honest, I mean, a lot of these on-prem solutions that companies have today, I mean, going to a workday is a huge lift, right? And it gives you a great amount of value that there's all this other value that you can continue to reap and really benefit from that just requires time and energy and also just being deliberate, right, about how to really get that value beyond the go live. Yeah, you know, when I work with HR executives, I find that, Your point is well taken. They spend a lot of time, they spend a lot of money, and they're trying then to articulate to other executives what the value was that they achieved with it. And I think they struggle a little bit with articulating that story in a way because they don't have some of the facts around what did they really change? How did they change the employee experience? How did they create agility in the organization? Kind of going back to some of the things that you talked about. So I know for PwC, you know, we've really spent a lot of time focusing on this because we not only help companies deploy these solutions on that phase one, we help them continue to get benefit from it. And so we developed this solution called Next Level HR, which is geared towards helping them with that continuous improvement journey. As you think about Next Level HR and how it can help organizations, where do you see the best benefit coming from that type of a solution on the assessment and then optimization side? Yeah, so I, the thing I love about Next Level HR is it does give you sort of that outside-in perspective, and it does so in a sort of a very data-driven manner. It allows organizations to really sort of take a pulse and take a view at how they're using their solution and where the opportunities are, whether that's adoption whether that's business processes that could be streamlined, but without that type of solution set that they can come in and give you that perspective and use your own data to really sort of bring to life those opportunities. It's very difficult for organizations to sort of look in the mirror and figure out where those opportunities exist. 
and I know you've been working with a number of customers at different stages in their journey. I think the power of this solution as well is that it's not one-stop shopping. And what I mean by that is you can use it even before you go into some of these cloud journeys as a sort of starting point to figure out where you are. And then that'll give you better visibility to how do you get to your sort of aspirational moments or your points in time. And then as you're going through your journey, continue to sort of think about it as an opportunity to once again, just level set with where you are in the journey and how you continue to sort of evolve those capabilities. But it's a really powerful option and solution that do allow our clients to once again, just try to really get the most from their solution and continue to innovate and drive advantages for their employees and their organization. I know we're talking a lot, it's kind of technology, like being able to reach in and see how the technology is informing the way in which the work has changed, the experience has changed. From my perspective, when companies go through this type of journey, a lot of times we do focus on the technology. It's a huge component, right? You talked about the lift, but we do forget that people's roles and responsibilities are going to change as automation comes in more, as more of the work days or the oracles or the success factors pick up that and automate the work that's being done. We also see that organizations have an opportunity to think about the way in which they want to operate, such as like the job architecture or position management. And those are some of the strategic things that I don't know, as you think about it, are clients really doing that on the initial deployment or are they doing it so fast that it's an opportunity to kind of do it as they relook at it on an ongoing basis? Yeah. And I think for every client, our responsibility is to try to figure out how we can meet them where they are. And I think through good counsel and just with a good technology that has that type of flexibility, you can certainly figure out, for example, whether that journey to the cloud out of the gate would include some of those really sort of fundamental changes and opportunities to think through operating model or design. All of those really foundational things that are very impactful to the way that not only they'll use the technology, but more importantly, they'll serve their organization and their employees. Some organizations have the capacity and the ability to do that out of the gate and really make that a bit more of a wholesale change for that initial go live. But to your point, there's always opportunity even beyond the go live to continue to mature that. An area that we're seeing a lot of sort of traction and movement on is the entire skills concept and how you use skills, right, as that new currency. Everyone uses that statement, but what does that mean in your ability to continue to drive learning and development, right, programs and activities for your employees? How do you capture those skills? How do you use those skills beyond your core system of record to drive other critical areas of the business? That's just one example of a category where beyond the goal of you can continue to think about maturing your overall talent development and strategy capabilities, right, as an organization. But I love the thinking because you're right, it's not really just the technology, it's around the business decisions that the technology will continue to help enable, but it is very powerful. And so as you think about the organizations where they've gone live Mm -hmm. and there's the, my aspiration wasn't met fully, and then they start blaming, you know, hey, the data quality wasn't there. They start blaming things, but we all know, right, that it does come down to some of the decisions that you've made. So for example, Claudio, we've worked with one organization and to that consumer grade experience, they were not getting it. And when we went and we looked by utilizing Next Level HR, we could see that They had set up an onboarding process to include 40 steps in the process and multiple approvals in it. And you really wouldn't have known it unless you had gone in to get the data in there. So as you start thinking about where companies put the blame on the opportunity, how do you see next level HR maybe helping them, to your point, right size where the opportunity is and get really focused on some areas that they can improve upon in the short term and then the long term? 
Yeah, no, it's a great point. <laughs> it's very easy to blame the technology. But in the end, I mean, a technology is a tool and it's how you chose to use that tool or choose to continue to use that tool that's really what matters. And organizations, I mean, in their defense, may have had to actually make sort of compromising decisions to get that tool stood up, right? And to get some of that initial value from the solution. And with that, maybe they weren't able to sort of reinforce really powerful guiding principles like around the number of approval steps that we want to do, how we empower our managers and our employees, all of those different really important components. So what often happens is they haven't revisited some of those decisions and had an opportunity to make sure that they continue to evolve with the needs of the business and certainly continuing to empower their team members. I think Next Level HR, once again, gives you a lens to where those opportunities are. And more importantly, it does give you specific areas that you can focus on and also will help you sort of devise a roadmap so that when you think about how you continue to sort of make some of these corrections or adjustments, how those will actually continue to sort of be drawn out through the course of the system but also continue to sort of drive the employee experience. And I think that's important. I mean, back to sort of how we started this conversation, if you embrace that concept of continuous innovation, these types of adjustments and changes will really start to become powerful and you can really start to reap the benefits of that. What I love as well about Next Level HR is, you know, I I know nobody likes to spend time and money on assessments (laughs) because, you know, hey, we, we know there's a problem. Why are we assessing? We know there's a problem. But it is that fact base, right, that can provide the information to others to say, this is how we're going to go about it, how we're going to get really focused on moving forward. And I think that that is so critical in helping to really pinpoint where the opportunity is, not only in the technology, but the broad, the service delivery model, the opportunities you have around reshaping roles and responsibilities. So I almost see it as a digital assistant that helps organizations because it sits there alongside of the other individuals who are helping to continuously improve. It's just an assistant that's helping them make those key decisions. So maybe as we kind of wrap here, from a standpoint of best practices, you see organizations as they move to life in the cloud. Anything you would leave us with on best practices? Yeah, I think from a best practice perspective, I think it does start with really understanding what you're trying to achieve, right? So as you're about to embark on this journey, take the time to think about that North Star and what you're trying to become, right? What do you want to be famous for? How do you really want to continue to sort of drive capabilities and experiences within your organization? And then as you're going into that initial sort of part of the journey and you're really starting to change your technology and think through your business and how it's organized and how it operates, have really great guiding principles that'll help sort of continue to anchor those decisions to drive the right outcomes. And then as you think about life beyond the go-live, to our point about continuous innovation, build a team and build a structure that really supports that mentality. Having individuals that could, for example, be global process owners across different geographies and different lines of business to help drive innovation and collaboration across different parts of the business is important. Operationally, right? How are you going to maintain the system, not only mechanically, but also continue to evolve it with new capabilities that either the vendor, like a workday comes out with two updates a year. How do you embrace those updates and not just stay status quo? The way you structure your team and the way you think about the operations and the maintenance of your solution is really critical, right, in being able to sort of achieve that mission. So I think it's a bit of a really strong cradle to grace mentality and making sure that you're doing all of that as you're going through this journey with the mindset, once again, of understanding that this is a really great opportunity. And with that opportunity comes responsibility, if I could steal a term from Marvel. <laughs> but <laughs> the reality of it is, is you need to be able to sort of embrace that and build a structure in an organization that can obviously deliver against that mission. 
Yeah. When companies start this journey, they only know what they know at that moment in time. And I think they learn a lot along the way around what these technologies can help them do and how it can help be a part of their vision, as you said. And so my knowledge base 12 months later, whatever the time frame is, continues to improve and grow. And I think that's where that innovative, you want people on your team who are innovative and thinking about how do I leverage this more effectively? So what I heard here in a wrap is have a vision, those guiding principles to help guide the discussion, data to make the decisions and build a team, a team that's going to be on that continuous improvement journey, looking at the technology and beyond the technology to ensure that you're building an HR that is sustainable for the future related to the employee experience. So that is our show for today. So thank you so much, Claudio, for joining us in this conversation. It was great. Thanks, Diane. It was a blast. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. For more information on these topics, visit pwc.com, where you can explore additional topics in preparing HR for Tomorrow series. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.